Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to the only baseball podcast willing to pitch to Aaron Judge. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll just lay one in there for him so I can be on history tapes forever. I'm Jordan Schusterman. That's Jake Mintz. It's 5 a.m. here in Seattle, Washington, and I'm here recording this podcast before I get on an airplane to return to my home. Uh, And we have a lot to talk about. Yes, I'm we so do. I'm so excited to be joining you uh, early this morning, my good friend. Oh, Jordan, you can hear the postseason in your voice. If you, if you search deeply within your dulcet tones, there is a wild card berth in there somewhere. We will get to that. Jordan's wild weekend at the phone booth, T-Mobile Park in <laughs> Seattle. Big dumpers, big dump. But we will begin. Where else? With Aharon Judge. <laughs> Yes, yes, we will. And look, I know, it, I realistically, there are some people saying, "Oh, why are we still talking about this?" But there are parts about this that are very funny to us, and we cannot resist. And Jake was in the ballpark uh, for two of the three games between the Yankees and Orioles over the weekend. And the truth is, as we record this this morning, with just a few days left of the regular season, Aaron Judge is still at sixty-one home runs. Oh, the horror! He only has sixty-one home runs, and this has Yankees fans in a tizzy, as they say. That's why it's funny. Okay, every other baseball show you're going to listen to, they'll lead with Judge and they'll talk about how you know history is being made, and they'll, they'll break it down every which way. Not us. Okay, we literally just want to talk about this because Yankees fans, yo, chill. <laughs> You got to chill. You've been pretty well behaved this year, all things considered. All right. But this vitriol towards the opposing pitchers for not Adam Wayne writing you a fastball down the pipe is so fucking stupid. And the, the problem with it, too, is I think and we'll get to why. Wait, can we explain? It's funny. I, I just want to explain what's going on for people who maybe somehow yes. don't know. Yes. Aaron Judge, like Jordan said, is Firmly chained to Roger Maris at 61 home runs. Roger Maris Jr. is missing quite a lot of work right now. Okay. He's still there. There's still a lot of there's the a lot of paperwork to do for his um 61 brand clothing and hats. Like he's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot he has to catch up on when he returns Bingo. to his work. <laughs> now, every single time that an opposing pitcher throws Aaron Judge a ball. Now, to be clear, not walk him any ball. Yankees fans just shower the guy with booze. My favorite one that I saw this weekend, Jordan Lyles, the goat with the Orioles. Mariners one, two legend. count to Aaron Judge, and he throws him like a curveball below the zone, as one does 
in a one-two count. In a baseball game. In a baseball game. Judge doesn't swing. And the crowd's like, boo, a purpose pitch. That's the thing. I would, I'll say this. If Aaron Judge had, has been intentionally walked literally every time for the last, for the weekend, I would have some level of sympathy, right? But once he gets even a handful of strikes in an at-bat, I'm sorry. I don't feel bad because I will say this again. We're, we're going to end this with some epic Aaron Judge praise because Aaron Judge is freaking amazing. And I hate that this is at all ruining how amazing a season is. But the guy who's with the real record, let me tell you, he didn't get a whole lot of strikes and he still hit a lot of home runs. That's <laughs> and the by the way, Judge, Aaron Judge has also still hit a lot of home runs. Judge is having amazing. the best season since Barry Bonds mm-hmm. offensively. So what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> Like they're just gonna treat him like David Fletcher? No. Like there's a there's another version of the season where this started happening two months ago. As it should have. As it should have. And you could have been annoyed then, but not you wouldn't have been the same level of I'm entitled to see the sixty second home run for some reason because sixty one home runs is not quite enough. And so the point is is that yeah. these takes make us laugh <laughs> because uh in all versions of yankees fans entitlement this is this is a great thing and these are people that we like these are people that we think are smart whose opinions right. we respect whose work we read whose podcasts we listen to whose pregame and postgame shows we watch and say hey these guys have some good insight but they can't help it <laughs> it's yankee brain as our friend bobby wagner says let's start jordan with our dunk contest over at Pinstripe Alley, a website that we, res- like we said, we respect and enjoy. We don't like to dunk on people we don't like, right? No, no, it's exa- very true, right? Because we do not like to start beef. This is just like, sorry, this is funny. <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, while Orioles starter uh, Austin Voth uh, was sucking, just an abysmal outing from him as the Yankees went 8-0, to zero, Pinstripe Alley tweeted, I try not to cuss on this account, but come the fuck on. Your this team is, is eliminated. This is the end of the, this is the, 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 end of the line here. This is yeah. what really Aaron Judge not being able to hit a 60-second home run after two days, by the way, is like this worth is what cursing I can't take for. Your start is terrible. Every other guy gets a fastball down the dick. What are you doing, kid? What are you doing, kid? Trying to not allow a home run to Aaron Judge. That's what Austin Voth was doing, kid. Uh, uh, oh, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. Uh, okay, next up, Jordan. <laughs> next up, Ryan Rucco. Ryan Rucco, who uh, often broadcasts games on the S Network. Ryan Rucco, who I, I very, re- like, I really you like love Ryan. Ryan. Love Ryan. I want to be very clear. R2C2, great show. Okay? Yeah. We, we've met Ryan multiple times. Very, very nice. Ryan, you're very good at your job, <laughs> and you're a person of who deserves respect. This take is the opposite. Uh, Ryan Rucco tweeted on Friday night. This was Friday night when the Orioles sent Felix Bautista out there to face Judge. In an extremely he, close game. In a one-run game with first base open. And Bautista threw two balls, hurt his leg on the second ball, threw ball three after an injury check-in, and then they walked him intentionally. Ryan Rugo said, IKF stealing set up that possibility, but that was shamefully weak. Of the Orioles. Shamefully. Shame. You have your best reliever on the mound. You have nothing to play for. And you walk judge. We. 
Not weak. Not weak. Smart. Not Again. weak. Extremely reasonable. Um, well, because you, I don't know if you saw the rest of the game, my dear friend Ryan. Uh, he got out of the inning, and the Orioles won by a run because Aaron Judge didn't hit a go-ahead two-run home run in the eighth. And let um, me tell you, this here Marinero's fan is quite thankful. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that. As I said to you earlier, Jordan, Ryan in this tweet is more like R2 can't see too clearly about... <laughs> The judge situation. It's okay. Got him. We, we still we still love, love you, Ryan. And then uh, one more. Uh, Jack Curry, of course, a very the most plugged in Yankees reporter we have. He went on the show. I think this was on Friday night, um, and he was just the same kind of thing, right? Like, oh, no one will remember you. Like, this is it's his his take was it's better for you to challenge him for your career than mm. it is to walk him. Uh, that'll show you the, the competition, right? And it's like, again, but like, where is that coming from? It's because you want to see him hit the 60-second home run. And by the way, Aaron Judge struck out a few times this weekend because guys did throw him pitches in the zone. And as soon as they do that once, your take is dead. It's over. <laughs> like You you can't, if, unless you're literally walking him every single time, which is not happening, and has only started happening recently relatively, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Curry got into it uh, with Ben McDonald, the uh, Orioles uh, color commentator and former pitcher. Uh, ben McDonald tweeted this clip of Jack Curry and said, who is this dude? Cry me a river. I have a pretty good feeling. He's never played the great game of baseball or put on a jockstrap in his life. The Orioles don't know Aaron Judge or the Yankees a damn thing. Uh, just an amazing never put on a jockstrap in his life is one of the both, both the dumbest and funniest things you can say to someone who has a take you don't Athletes agree with. Athletes can't help it, man. Like, baseball players, they just love saying that, right? It's important to remember, you can put a jockstrap on whenever you want. That's true. You don't have to be an athlete to do that. No, it's very This is true. a free country. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not, it's not required. Um, but I will say, all this whole situation, is where we're going to move on to some actual real baseball that was important this weekend. Uh, it does make me appreciate what happened. I think this morning, or whatever time zone you want to refer to it as, which is that Munitaka Murakami over in Japan, who, if you're not familiar with this dude, educate yourself. He's 22, and he just hit his 56th home run of the season to set the new uh, Japanese-born player NPB home run record, breaking Sadaharu single-season home run record. Now, our hero, uh, Vladimir Ballantine, has the single-season record with 60 from a few years back. But I just the reason why I'm bringing this up is that Murakami went, appropriately, 61 at-bats between 55 and 56 when the entire country was wanting him to hit a home run in a vaguely analogous situation. Um, and that is way longer than Judge went 31 at-bats, I think, between or 33, 32, between uh, 60 and 61. So let me tell you, it could be a much longer wait, and mm. you can relax. And you think yeah, he's getting Yanks fans. all the time? Come on. Yeah, Yanks fans, tune into the NPB for a little perspective. All right, <laughs> let's move on from Judge, who, again, very impressive. We Aaron Judge, doing a great job. But He's amazing. He's amazing. We've said we would probably both vote for him for MVP. Like, come on. I wouldn't even blink. It's just like you can't have it both ways. You can't both have the best hitter on the planet and expect people to just lob it into him. It's just Ugh. irrational behavior. Speaking of irrational behavior, Jordan, yeah. Mets fans really thought they had this one. Uh, over the weekend, the New York Metropolitanos took a plane down to Atlanta, Georgia, where they were promptly packed up, put into a box, and shipped back to New York as the Atlanta Braves took all three games 
in the series to move two games ahead in the division. Their magic number is now one. Yes. The Braves win uh, any of their three remaining games against the Marlins or the Mets lose any of their three remaining games against the Nats. The Braves will win the National League East and the Mets will be forced to play in the wild card round after leading the division all season long. What happened, Jordan? Uh, I know you watched this a little bit more than I did, um, but I did uh, tune in for a good chunk of Sunday night's game. And I think that the series in a lot of ways did reflect a lot of the conversation we had in our first episode last week where these are two great teams and the Mets didn't play poorly, right? They had some moments. They were in some of these games, right? All of these games. They led. I think they led in all three games. They led in all three games. And, and the Braves were just better because they also have a lot of amazing baseball players and to have, what was it? Swanson and Olsen homered in all three games, um, which is an incredible thing to have, uh, for your 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 hometown boys uh doing it for the for the city. Uh and obviously Michael Harris was also doing some cool shit. I mean, look, the Braves, the Braves are awesome. And look, it's not like, you know, sometimes you have series like this where they sweep and then the team can say, Oh, well, you know, it was our our three and four starters. So, you know, just just wait till the postseason and we got our dogs going. Oh, oops. <laughs> DeGrom <laughs> and Scherzer. Yeah, and it's not like DeGrom and Scherzer. I mean, I know Scherzer kind of it seems like he sort of fell apart and just gave up the homers late in the start. But um, look, man, like this is just – look, here's the reality, right? You're going to go into the postseason now, and you're just going to be facing a lot of good, good, really amazing teams. And so this could just happen because there are good baseball teams out there. You play good baseball teams and you lose to them often, right? And this is what Pete said in the postgame interview. He was like, they outplayed us this weekend. Got to tip your cap. And I think that in some ways that's worse if you're a Mets fan because, like, if the Mets had gone down to Atlanta and were just sleepy and lethargic and, like, Taiwan Walker got crushed, (laughs) you can point to that and say, oh, Oh, well, that's that's not indicative of what's going to happen next week in the playoffs. But, like, sending DeGrom and Scherzer to the mound against the best that Atlanta has to offer and just losing. Like, you didn't embarrass yourselves. You didn't bungle it. You lost. Just flat out lost. In some yeah. ways, that's worse because it it's just indicative that the, there is a bit of a quality gap here. Um, I think this maybe highlights what you and I have thought all along, that the Braves are better. Um, this version of the Braves team is better than this version of the Mets team. I don't care that they don't have Starling Marte. Like, that's not... Yeah, he helps. He extends the lineup. I understand that it is important. But the gap in this series was not just... Starling Marte. Yeah. It was no, more I than agree. that. But also, like, I mean, looking at yesterday's game, you know, the Mets out hit 11 to 5, right? Out hit them 11 to 5. Um, it's but that's like the, the way off- that the, that's like the good and bad of the Mets offense that they don't yeah. hit as many home runs, right? Like, they can put up 11 hits and score. Would they score last night? Three. Yep. Like, the Braves, if they have 11 hits, they're going to score nine runs. Yeah. Just because so- of how those offenses work. Yeah, and 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 obviously right. I mean, Marte is a, is a big deal, and but again, it doesn't seem like they should be expecting him back anytime soon. So, no. uh, but when your team is still this good, you really can't point to the one other good player, right? Um, yes, that's missing. And there's say. no reason, like, there's just nothing to be embarrassed about. The Mets are going to win a hundred games. Yeah, this is an like, amazing season, and they they're can still not run. like duh. bad. They, they didn't it's, blow it. Like right. it's fine. And honestly, selfishly, Jordan. I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked because, because I can go 
you get to go to the games, right? I get to go to the Mets games this weekend. Yeah, and feel feel the the anguish uh, in person. But again, it's not like we we love duh Bobby Wagner, and and let's also mention. Don't think we didn't try to get Bobby on this morning, but it's fine. He will make an appearance at some point. Let's let's cut him a little. It would be pretty rough to just throw him back in here. There are two options for MetsCon as we move forward. One, the Mets win the World Series, worthy of a MetsCon. Number two, the Mets get bounced from the postseason, also worthy of a MetsCon. It will happen. Stay seated. Jordan, let's move on. Uh, Just the Braves will win the division. Probably just seems inevitable now. Uh, But let's talk about your pilgrimage. Okay. (laughs) Your uh, lonely journey from uh, rural Indiana to Seattle. I believe there is a direct flight from Richmond, Indiana to Mm -hmm. SeaTac. How uh, fortunate it was. You witnessed history. You bought tickets to see this Mariners four game set against Mm -hmm. Oakland. I believe 13 years ago you bought these tickets. Uh, Yeah, I nailed it. The club delivered. With a resounding, resounding, with walk-off wins on Thursday night and Friday night <laughs> yes. to clinch the first wildcard, uh, their their first postseason berth, excuse me, in 21 years. Mm-hmm. The drought can drink. The drought can drink, which is right. That is a great way to put it. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was this was completely amazing. For I, I'll kind of let you ask whatever you want to ask about the experience. I mean, I'm not because if I just start talking, I'm just going to go for a while. Right. So, uh, so but we I have say, not. We should say we have not talked about this. I right. I wanted you to kind of reveal some of this to me here sure. on the show. So all so, I know is that you had a good time. I can yeah. assume that you had a good time. <laughs> uh, yesterday was 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 rough. No, I'm kidding. Um, let me start with just the context, and then I'll let you kind of ask about just like what it was. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm a Mariners fan. Great. Whatever. I don't need to give my whole Mariners fan history right now. I'm going to write about it. You'll read about it at Fox Sports. Great. Uh, I purchased these flights and hotels a month ago, hoping to see the clinch, right? This weekend I had pinned down as something I could reasonably fit into the schedule before the end of the regular season. This is the thing, right? This goofy extended regular season that goes until next Wednesday was both good and bad because it was like, oh, well, I can't watch that last season against the Tigers, but... Maybe I could go to Oakland. So I decided I'm going. Maybe they will have already clinched a week earlier, and it'll just be kind of like a chill. Let's have a good time and be in Seattle, right? Because I've only been there one time. Maybe it'll be what it was kind of looking like last week. Uh-oh, this might be a little bit stressful. We'll see. Not really. I know you as an Orioles fan, you knew that wasn't the case. Um, but for me, I had just decided after last year when they were making a push, and I considered trying to do it at the last minute, I decided this year I wasn't going to give that chance when it looked this time that actually looks like they were really going to do it. Um, and so I did that. And so getting there on Thursday and immediately going to the yard in the fifth inning for what was one of the crazier games of the year, I think there was nine home runs. It was very similar to the Braves uh, back and forth game that they had a couple weeks ago, except it was with the Rangers. <laughs> so it kind of felt a little goofier. Um, extra innings walk, uh, walk off there with J.P. Crawford. So the vibes were already great. And at that point, that set the magic number to one. Right. So on Friday morning, mm-hmm. the the Orioles were the only team left, really. And the Mariners would clinch with either an Orioles win or a Mariners – sorry, an Orioles loss or a Mariners win. Now, here's the problem. After two weeks of rooting against the Orioles, obviously Jordan and all the Mariners fans didn't want to break a 21-year drought – by Jordan Lyles getting tattooed in Yankee Stadium 
and everyone looking at their phone and being like, oh, hey, we oh, I guess we're in. <laughs> um, so it's seven. Right. The O's game started at seven o'clock Eastern and the Mariners game started at, I believe, 940 Eastern. Yep. Yep. And so the worry was that the Orioles would have lost by the time the game started in Seattle. Now, thankfully, Jordan Lyles. Start of the year. Start of the year, just dominated. I, mean, I know he's had some innings. some good starts, but I mean, this was this was like money, right? Munch, munch those innings, my man. And because Brandon Hyde did not pitch to Aaron Judge in the eighth <laughs> inning of that game, the Orioles emerged victorious two to one over the Yankees, setting the stage for the biggest dumper of all. Cal Raleigh, the Mariners catcher, nicknamed Big Dumper, in the bottom of the ninth inning. Just he, so walk me through. Okay. That game. So that's really all I want to hear about is that game. All right. So Sat Friday night. It's Shabbat. Logan Gilbert. It's yes, Shabbat Shalom. It's Logan Gilbert. It's Ken Waldachuk. It's setting up for like, I mean, good matchup, right? But also appropriate is okay, this is gonna be eventually well, oh, this is why this is okay. Ty France put, goes has RBI double in the first inning. They're up one nothing. And it's like, oh, they're gonna crush Waldachuk and they're just gonna cruise, and this is gonna be a great night, but we're all just going to kind of ease into it and kind of count. Then I, it seemed like we're going to be counting down the outs, right? Yeah. It's Oakland. You're up one, nothing. They all it's, you can see it, right? The lights there, but instead in Mariners fashion and in any, you can imagine this situation, the offense just goes, uh Oh, how we, we can't score anymore. And you know, credit to Ken Waldachuk. Oakland then ties it immediately in the second. Right. And so now it's a tie game. And then it's just terrible at bats for seven innings for both teams, right? <laughs> um, and now, granted, Logan Gilbert was spectacular. Waldeschuk was good. Um, they bring in Austin Pruitt for a scoreless inning. They bring in A.J. Puck for a scoreless inning. They bring in somebody named Tyler Sear for a scoreless inning. Okay, great. We go to the ninth. Do up. Mitch Haniger, who wrote in the Players' Tribune at the end of last season, we're going to end this fucking drought. Mitch Haniger strikes out. That when mm. Mitch Haniger comes up, it's like, here we go. This is it. Obviously, swings out of his shoes, strikes out. Okay, great. Carlos Santana, who has like single-handedly won multiple games for the Mariners this season. And the best part about Carlos Santana's Mariners tenure, he either single-handedly wins a game or pops a golden sombrero and like yes. or rolls over five times and yes. sucks. But I love Carlos Santana. Uh, and not just because he's, you know, saved the season. He strikes out. Okay, great. Luis Terenz is is in is in the lineup. My least favorite Mariner, I think. Oh, see, I disagree, but totally fair. Um, Luz Terenz is not going to face Domingo Acevedo, who... That's a bad matchup, bad, obviously. Bad for, for Luis Terenz. <laughs> so they call on the big dumper himself, Mr. Cal Raleigh. One of the best nicknames in baseball, not just because it's funny, because it, it perfectly toes the line between, like, can a team account tweet about this or not? <laughs> and if you, if you Google a picture of Cal Raleigh... You'll be like, oh, no, yeah, that's definitely Big Dumper. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so they sent him Cal Raleigh. Now, Cal Raleigh leading all catchers in baseball and home runs this year. So he is, but he's dealing, been dealing with a hurt thumb on his, on his uh, catching hand. So he has not been starting that much. He didn't start the other two games this weekend after. But he can swing it, especially left-handed too. Uh, most of his homers are left-handed. And so they sent him up there to pinch hit. I believe it was a two-two count, uh, or three-two count, three-two count. I three, mean, this shit was two. this was this was movie shit, man. I mean, it literally was like completely unbelievable. I'm sitting with our good friend Chris Crawford. Shout out to Chris. 
down the first baseline a little bit behind the the Mariners dugout, like 20 rows behind the Mariners dugout. And everyone's holding their phone, like recording. I mean, I was recording every pitch of the ninth, whatever. And then, I mean, the funniest thing about the home run from my perspective is that we probably had the worst perspective of it from a was it fair, was it foul? (laughs) Right. You were like directly perpendicular to the foul line. And so when he launches, I mean, it was crushed, right? So like uh, the distance was not the issue. But like Raleigh was kind of, you know, waving it fair, willing it fair, we kind of had the same thing. So we probably reacted about 0.004 seconds later than the rest of the stadium. Um, but yeah, it was it was completely crazy. And the, here's the one the one thing I, I will say about this moment and, and being there for that. And, and obviously, all the, I don't need to tell you what it means for people who have been Mariners fans far longer than me, obviously. But I think about all the interviews where it's like crazy moment. And what do they say? Oh, like, what, what, what happened? What did you say? I blacked out. It's like, OK, that's not. If you would think there would be a moment like that for me, you would think it would be this. I did not black out. I remember it very vividly. But what I will say is that built that, different. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I will say is that that ninth inning, even before, and just kind of as it was building, and then obviously like after the home run, was like the, literally the most like surreal. Like I, I was looking around, and like it, it truly did not feel like a real thing that was happening. Like that was that is my version of what. Like I, it was completely crazy. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, duh. Right. Uh, but, uh, I, I am obviously glad I got video and it's so cool that obviously everyone was recording. So there's a hundred different, um, uh, recordings of it. And last thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll let you ask another question is the weirdest part is, okay. So it happens, you know, they celebrate home, they do, they're dancing on the field, you know, 50 people are dancing on the field. And then I'm like, wow, I am so glad I'm here and I can't wait to watch the calls. Like there's so much content that I am now going to get to consume later, but I can't because everyone is trying to upload the same video. So that's why I didn't upload the video until like an hour after it happened because nothing was going through the whole, like I huh. couldn't uh, listen to anything. So. Damn, tough, tough scene for T-Mobile Park. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I was wondering, I was like, is this a Verizon problem? Are the T-Mobile customers getting to upload this? <laughs> Here at T-Mobile Park, our T-Mobile customers get priority for whenever Cal Raleigh hits a walk-off home run to send the Mariners to the postseason for the first time in 21 years. Exactly. Sign up today. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, and then and then I mean, man, it was, just, it was crazy. And then the service speech was hilarious. Service walking out there completely hammered and just slurring into the microphone. Big dumper, and everyone goes crazy. Um, it was it was great because like if you compare it. Right to the Astros or the Dodgers clinching this year, right? <laughs> the Dodgers, especially. Would you rather be a Dodgers or a Mariners fan over the last 10 years? Like, it's not even a question, right? Not a Mariners fan. But there's something about the inevitability of those other teams clinching that feels too routine and like too professional. Like, it's a game. Right. Enjoy yourself, right? And just to see the Mariners players and service. Like go like unhinged, yes. release themselves from yes. the expectations. I need more mar- more managers hammered speaking into a microphone in front of a crowd. <laughs> that needs to happen way more often because it's yeah. incredibly refreshing to see. Yeah, uh, and, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have any more questions. For you. I I feel satisfied. Like I think I think it was everything that you could have possibly <laughs> hoped. Truly. Truly, and the last thing I'll say, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Is, um, I mean, I know first of all, like they're they're a good team, right? So like they're gonna have a chance here. 
uh, whoever they play. I mean, Toronto's going to be really tough if it's going to Toronto. Um, but for this year, it really does feel like it's all gravy. And I know service part of his speech, and I agree with him, says, you know, like this team's just getting started. And I think that it's true to some degree. But it is also cool to know that like the window is so obviously opening, right? Sure, maybe Hanniger's not there. There's some pieces that are going to change. But it, with this rotation that is now with Castillo extended and like it is so cool to know that like, oh, like this is a – and obviously I know you feel this for the Orioles too. I mean there's more work to be done there. But like still it's so cool to just have that feeling of like, ah, there is good shit ahead, you know. And that is obviously for the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, it's it's amazing. So obviously when we find out where the Mariners are actually going for this postseason, likely Toronto. We'll talk about that later on this week for a postseason preview and I'll explain those feelings then. But that is what it was like. And uh, yeah, I'll write about it more at Fox so you can read more there. Wow. Superb stuff, Jordan. Thank you for your travel diary. The uh, Anthony Bourdain of the American League wildcard race. <laughs> and, and, and again, if, if, uh, if, if you're not enjoying listening to my voice in this state, uh, sorry, it's a big number. Yeah, Jordan is, is understandably tired. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here on Baseball Barbacast. We will be right back in a second. Buck O'Neill dedicated his life to teaching us about the heroes of the Negro Leagues and demonstrating that you could get further in life with love than you could with hate. Now is our opportunity to say thank you to this legendary man. Join the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as we celebrate Buck's long overdue induction into the National Baseball Hall of Fame by supporting our Thanks a Million Buck campaign. It's an effort to raise at least $1 million by fans donating a buck or more in support of the NLBM. Remember, every buck counts. To donate, visit thanksamillionbuck.com. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, the final episode of the regular season. It's been a long road for us this year, a lot of podcasting, um, and so it's just good to see the end of the road. Uh, don't worry, we will be podcasting through October. Thank you to everyone who's listened to us all season long. Wow, it's, yeah, it means a lot for the support from day September two. 20, whatever. <laughs> day um, two. <laughs> day two. <laughs> Uh, we, we are so happy to be back, and obviously we're excited to be doing postseason stuff. All right, so last on our episode one, we introduced our first new segment of Baseball Barbicast known as Back Page Barbicast, where we look at something in the world of baseball, a, a news item, and Jake Mintz is tasked with delivering a back page uh, headline that I will then grade as uh, the, the headline uh, determiner. That's definitely a job. So for this week... We are talking about the end of the farewell tour for Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina and sort of Adam Wainwright, although I kind of want to talk about that. <laughs> We're uh, just Pujols. killing him off. We're just killing yeah. off Adam Wainwright. He's not ready to go. They're trying to. <laughs> I I think Wainwright might be back. I'm not kidding because he's I, he is he has not been. He it's been more about Pujols and and, and yes. Yadier. It really has been. So and the Cardinals need him. <laughs> right no like and he's still good like i think there's a really good chance we're okay. but whatever point is the three of them obviously as a trio are this is it for that and so they had a ceremony over the weekend pools had another couple home runs of course uh but you have been tasked with giving us a headline for this this holy cardinals trinity saying goodbye now in uh appropriate fashion i have three options okay good we honored three greats so i have three options are you ready Yes. St. Louis's three-headed goat sent to farm upstate. Oh, man. That also, again, without Wainwright being 
without Wainwright being done is is pretty tough to watch. Uh, love this. Love the many different meanings we're going for here. Um, but again, it's a little bleak, right? Especially because like pools and Wainwright are so good. Why are we sending them away? <laughs> so yeah. The, no, that's good. That's very funny. But I'm not, not sure it totally captures the um, the spirit of uh, okay. the seasons. Yeah, this is kind of a sad vibe. Um, yes. Play your cards right. Marmol nails exit for Pujols, Yachty, Wayno. I love that. But that's giving Marmol <laughs> way too much credit. <laughs> oh, wow. You had Yadi Molina be your catcher and like Albert Pools, who was inexplicably slugging. All I mean, you can get credit for Pools because obviously he was riding with him. But, you know, I don't know how much. It, this, this is perfect, but I don't know if it should just be like Cardinals. It's good. I, I don't. I just don't know if Marmol is the one we should be getting. If he like has a, a bullpen game that he nails in the in October, where he yes. like mixes then it's and matches, your cards right? Yes, yes, yes. He gets like three innings from JJ Romero or something. <laughs> um, and my last one, okay. graduation cards. Wayno Pujols Yadi birds leaving the nest. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Gra- graduation cards. Wayno Pujols Yachty, birds leaving the nest. Right. Weird for old people, right? <laughs> but um, still good. I like They're this one. They're graduating like baseball. Baseball. That's true. That's true. You'd think it's amazing it took them this long. You'd think they hadn't accomplished enough. It seemed like Pujols got his MLB, finished his MLB credits like yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> Albert Pujols took 22 years to get his degree. Uh, so that was Backpage Barbacast. How do you uh, think I, I did? I Let us know great. on Twitter, at yeah. BBQ. If you have any better options, well, can we can make this like the New York Times mm-hmm. or the, or, not the New York Times, uh, the uh, the New Yorker cartoon mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. If you have better headlines for send these moments, send them in. You can email send us. Them in, at, send them in to baseballbarbacast yeah. at gmail.com. Bar, B-A-R-B cast. No E. Barb. Looks like Barbcast. And that is a good transition to our email of the week. We are going to read one every week, at least one. Uh, And going off of the news, which I believe will be coming officially later today, that Mr. Tony LaRussa is officially retiring. We don't have to rehash how we actually feel about that. But the point is, is that we received a nice email from Jimmy. And Jimmy says, hey, guys, pumped to see the pot coming back. Got too comfortable listening to baseball barbecue over the pandemic when it became very hard to fill the void of the pod this past year. Oh, well, we're happy to be back, Jimmy. Big, depressed, and frustrated White Sox fan here. Rumor has it TLR will not be returning this next season. Who do you hope the White Sox explore and possibly hire as manager over the 2023 season? I know it's hard to predict the decision as long as Jerry Reinsdorf is the owner. Looking forward to the new show. Best, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy, for emailing us. Good question. This is important. Jake, I know you tweeted uh, a couple um, humorous candidates. Uh, for the old White Sox job. I assume Miguel Cairo will at least be in the mix for this. Um, But maybe we don't have to name specific names, but what kind of manager does this team need? A good one. One who's not falling asleep during (laughs) games. You know, I've never hired a big league manager before in my tenure as a baseball podcaster. But if I were to do that, I would hire someone who's managed in the last decade, that would be one of the things on my list. 
um, someone who is in touch with the players, someone with energy and verve. Uh, that would those are the uh, qualities I look for in my candidate. So basically, not Tony Larusa, right? Is kind of where is, I would go. This is what will be interesting, right? Is they need to go as far in that direction as possible. But Drake Laroche, but Reinsdorf is still the owner, and so because Larusa was his biggest dream come true <laughs> for him to be able to reverse that need and go in the opposite direction will be very interesting. So I don't have any specific names. I'm sure we'll get those uh, over the next month as the White Sox have obviously uh, been eliminated and will not be relevant this postseason. So they, yeah, big, big pressure there because that should still be a good team. Uh, I like that they're letting him retire instead of being <laughs> like, you got fucking canned because you failed hard yes uh it is a bummer just quickly on larusa again it's sad like yeah well, also to be clear the, this is they are gonna cite this as health issues duh again he's old and shouldn't have been managing in the first yes place. health um, issues of the franchise that too <laughs> it is so yes i thought we obviously wish tony help but that this is not come on uh, so that's the White Sox. They will get their shine in the post in this offseason. I'm sure we will be doing so, probably not as many bike related bets uh, around if, it. If they bring Larusa back next year, I'll bike back to Chicago. Uh, Jordan, who do you think the White Sox should get? Like, who's the fit? Uh, here's a here's an option, and not just a joke to the way you just phrased the question. Chris Getz, their farm director. Okay. Uh, who has been around and part of their? I don't know if he wants to manage, but I've heard that name floated as a younger. Not that Chris Getz was like the most exciting player this time. Can't say, but he's the one that I presume he's been around some of the team as they've been coming. I mean, he's been work for that long, but that's just a name. I don't know. I don't have any. I haven't thought about it that hard. So Louis Rojas. Oh, get my man back in. Interesting. Maybe if Randy Wilkins gets his dream and they fire Aaron Boone, uh, <laughs> they can. Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone. When the Whites, if the Yankees flame out, Aaron Boone. Uh, all right. Let Ooh, us move to our What about Tony LaRusa? Ooh, very, he's one word. Bring him series. back. Uh, let's move to our final segment of the week before I have to go to the airport. Oh, not the week. Of, of we'll, we'll podcast later this week. I got to keep adjusting. This is, this is such a, a new world, right? We're, we're, we're now going multiple times a week. This is so great. So I wanted to do this last week, but. Um, it felt more appropriate to do this now. We do feel obviously bad that we started podcasting at the end of September. And there are fans of not the Yankees and Braves and Mets and Cardinals and Mariners and postseason teams that are tuning into the show and being like, damn, like Jake and Jordan never got to talk about my team. Because as you know, if you know us, like we do watch everybody and like to talk about every team. And that is not, it is, we generally do not want to just be talking about the biggest stories, right? In a regular, regular season. But because we didn't get the chance to do that, we wanted to take some time to breeze through those we lost along the way before we mm -hmm. got a podcast back and give you our brief thoughts on all of the eliminated teams' seasons. Now, we are going to go in order from worst to not really that close to first uh, in order of record. And the real reason I want to do this is because of the Kansas City Royals, which I will explain when we get to the Kansas City Royals here in a couple. But that's really what we're going to do. We're just going to go through quickly. I'm going to name a team, and we're going to say what we will remember about that team's season. Uh, Jake, would you like to alternate? How do you want to do this? We'll both go quickly. Jordan, we'll go quickly. the Washington Nationals. I will remember the Juan Soto debacle. <laughs> 
They they traded Juan Soto. That's we don't have to talk anything about more about that. Paolo Espino. Paolo Espino not getting a win. Oh, when is I hope he's starting against the Mets and gets a win. That would be the funniest thing. I'll, if it's is it today? Uh, I don't know, but I think if he's it's in today, I'll be there. We love we love Espino Day. Uh, the Oakland A's. You know what I'm going to remember? I'm going to remember that they gave up a home run to Big Dumper uh, to end the postseason, and then on Sunday they kicked the Mariners' ass. So I was there for that too. I will remember Tony Kemp sitting in the outfield, yes, watching gl- the Mariners celebrate. Glad you mentioned that. He was there for a very long time. I like Tony Kemp a lot. He also future Mariner. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. If he can replace Adam Frazier, that would be tremendous. Uh, bring it on. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is easy. O'Neill Cruz. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Also, Will Crow. I mean, O'Neill Cruz. I will remember because. He hit a ball harder than anybody's ever hit a baseball before. And Will Crow, I will remember for allowing Aaron Judge's 60th homer. Honestly, more than I'll remember Tim Mesa allowing 61. Just Especially because, if Judge doesn't get to 62. Just because the context of 60 was so funny with, you know, the Yankees scoring 12 runs in the ninth inning or whatever yeah. the hell it was. The right? Pirates, the 60 plus walk-off grand slam down three was, you're right, the Pirates. But O'Neill Cruz is freaking sweet. Yeah. The Cincinnati Reds, Jake. What will you, this is? I'm curious for you. <laughs> for me, it is big bearded Joey Votto wandering the stands at Great American Ballpark, searching for a deeper purpose, yes. um, and him twerking on TikTok. That is what I'll remember about this season. And and when during the trade deadline on deadline day, when the Reds were in New York to play the Yankees. Or no, sorry, the Mariners were in New York to play the Yankees. Yes. And someone on the Reds, or sorry, someone on the Mariners who used to be on the Reds said, is there anyone left on the fucking Reds <laughs> in the clubhouse to absolutely no one? And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's the 2022 Reds. Yeah. So I have slightly more personal connection just because I moved to you know Eastern Indiana and the Reds are the closest team. So I've seen the Reds. Hunter Green was awesome. And also just right, all the Reds are on the Mariners now. So that's obviously, I've been thinking about the Reds a lot. Uh, okay, Jake, let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. The real reason I wanted to do this segment is that last year, unintentionally, uh, about three or four months into the season, I had not clicked on the Kansas City Royals team page on Baseball Reference. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you go to BaseballReference.com, you hover over teams, and you can see all the teams. And that is the fastest way I love to just get a quick glance at, like, how's the team doing, right? You click on it there. And if you, on Baseball Reference, of course, when you click on a link, it becomes purple. That's how the internet works. It tells you that what links you clicked on. But last year, I didn't click on the Royals for four months. This year, I decided... Because the Royals were clearly going to be bad, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing, and I will not click on the Royals until we have a podcast again. And here we are. (laughs) I have held out, even past the first episode last week, to not click on the Royals until right now. I am about to do it for the first time. Now, to be clear, it's not that I've never watched the Royals, although whenever I happen to watch a Royals game— I will like if they sh- pull up, like put up a graphic of like a guy's stats, I'll like look away so I don't get too much of a hint. But all I know <laughs> is that they have been one of the worst teams of baseball. But because I know how many young players they have and I know Bobby Witt Jr. has been sort of good, sort of not, uh, I just am wondering how have the Royals been so bad? And I am about to find out right now live on Baseball Barbie Cast. Here we go, Jake. I am clicking here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click into the mic so you can hear it, okay? Do it. All right. This is big. All right, here we go. I don't know if you could hear that. 2022 Kansas City Royals, 64 and 94. 
Zero percent chance to make the postseason. Fifth place in the AL Central. And I see here. Yeah, what do you see, Jordan? I see here that Nicky Lopez has a 60 OPS plus. 473 yeah. plate appearances. I see here that the pitching staff outside of Brady Singer has been cataclysmically terrible. Except for Scott Barlow and Dylan Coleman, who's been amazing. What? Wow. Dylan <laughs> Coleman. What a season. Dylan Coleman. Whoa, we were talking about this. Zach Greinke has been way better than I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought Zach Greinke had like a... Oh man! Although I'm loving the I'm loving the 4.9 Ks per nine for for Zach Granke. That's pretty amazing. Uh, can uh, I direct your attention to something? Do you mind? Yeah. I would like for you to scroll down uh, on Baseball Reference to team fielding totals. Okay. And I would like you to click, uh, or sorry, team player value. Oh yeah. Batters and sort by D WAR mm-hmm. the wrong way. Sort by D WAR the wrong way. Okay, here we go. Oh boy, that's an impressive mark. That'll answer <laughs> that'll answer your question, Jordan. Why have the Royals been so bad? Because oh. Hunter Dozier and Bobby Witt are both <laughs> awful defensively. That is why Bobby Witt, despite being a shortstop with an OPS plus over 100, who has 29 steals and, and 20 home runs, who will be a runs, great player, who will be a clearly. great player, has is a 1.2 win player. Oof. He's a 20-30 shortstop. Dude, Michael A. Taylor being their their war leader for position players is is troubling, um, to say the least. Uh, all right, there you go. That's the Kansas City Royals. I, I learned a lot. Uh, let's move on. Who is our next team? Oh, the Tigers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Miggy gets 3,000 hits uh, early on in the year. Javier Baez swings and misses at an avalanche of sliders down and away. Yeah. Legendarily bad offense, and hopefully Riley Green is good. That's, yeah, good luck to the new GM, Scott Harris. Uh, Colorado Rockies. The Daniel Bard extension, uh, <laughs> when right before the trade deadline, it was like, oh, maybe Daniel Bard is a piece for a contender. And then the Rockies were like, we're going to randomly extend this above average 39-year-old reliever because we like the culture here. Daniel Bard is awesome, and I'm thrilled for Daniel Bard. I did, related to that, them being literally the only team to make zero trades at the deadline was incredible and appropriate. The Rockies, Texas, sorry, yeah. the Rockies are like a country during the Cold War that's completely closed off to both the East and the West. Like, they just don't interact with either the Soviet or, you know, Western bloc of, of yet, society. And yet, like, top 10 in attendance because course Field is lit. Um, Texas Rangers. I think I could spend half a million, half a billion dollars better than this. Here's the thing. I actually disagree somewhat. Because this team had four legitimately great seasons on offense. Yeah. From Corey Seager, from yes. Marcus Semyon after of course. April, from Nathaniel Lowe, who is ridiculously good, from Adolis Garcia, who went 25 and 25 with 100 RBIs. They have great players. Uh, they don't have any good pitchers. Corey um, Seager was more meh than you realize. Uh, the standard's so high, dude. I know it, it, the, uh, the overall line wasn't that good, but he still was healthy and hit 30 homers as a short. He got a. $300 million. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's we no, we gave true. you enough money to purchase a, an island in the Caribbean. I expect an OPS over 800. Uh, Am I nuts? Thing, uh, yeah. Well, Schiff's going to be banned. He'll be fine. Uh, the last thing with them is if they allow Judge 62nd, that'll really be the answer in the next Correct. few days. Uh, Miami Marlins. Richard Blyer Bachfest will stick out in my mind. Yep. Uh, a month of jazz chism before he got hurt again. <laughs> Uh, I will remember this being the end of Don Mattingly. I will remember every free agent they signed just sucking up a storm. 
Uh, also, they have a Scion, Sandy Alcantara. He's absolutely amazing. So let's probably mention him. Uh, speaking of jazz, uh, Zach Gallen, the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is Zach, what I wrote. God level Gallen. Gallen. Zach Gallen, what a freaking season. One of our favorite pitchers, one of our favorite Jersey boys. Uh, just incredible stuff. And honestly, an interesting little core they're building there. Now, look, it's impossible to compete uh, with the Dodgers, but um, love Dalton Varsho, Corbin Carroll, Al Thomas, Jake McCarthy. Like they, they, they got a little something going on there, but I don't know. Zach Gallen, though. They need five Zach Gallons, then they can make the postseason. They need Chicago a gallon. Cubs. They need a gallon of gallons. Chicago, Chicago Cubs. Cubs. So the first thing I'll say is, it's been a while doing this segment now, and we're only just talking about the Cubs, which is something I did not realize how good that they have been over like the last month. The Cubs and the Angels we're about to talk about are on W sevens right now, which for draft lottery positioning is catastrophic timing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the Cubs, I will remember. Oh, it's a Tuesday afternoon. Is Wilson Contreras crying? Yes. Um, I think more men uh, and more athletes need to cry in public. And so I admire Wilson Contreras crying every five minutes. And I think it's very cool that he, this like means something to him. Yes. Fans want to see athletes care. And Wilson Contreras undeniably cares. And I hope the Cubs keep him around there because he had a phenomenal year. And genuinely, that fan base means something to him. That place means something to him. And that's very rare. Related to that, uh, them trading the whole bullpen, but not Contreras and Hap, was, it was a very weird part of the deadline. Uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of Los Angeles of Orange County of Anaheim. So uh, them imploding despite great seasons from Chout and Otani does not distinguish this season from any prior <laughs> season, right? Like, oh, Otani and Trout were great and the Angels fucking fell apart. Duh. What I will really remember is Joe Madden getting fired and then going on every podcast in America and just shitting on the front office. Yeah, that and uh, obviously the Mariners brawl that may or may not have sparked the season. Um, and also the only thing that's kept Jesse Winker in the favors, the good favors of Mariners fans uh, over the last however many months. Um, yeah, no, that's a but great point. It's not any different. And, and hey, already already selling. That's a huge deal. That's a really, really big deal. Uh, quite literally, probably will be you know billions of dollars. Uh, Boston Red Sox. I will remember Eric Hosmer's 45 plate appearances for the 2022 <laughs> Boston Red Sox. Remember that? Remember. Eric Hosmer? Eric Hosmer was like, please don't, please don't send me to the Nats. I will remember telling you for the first time that Eric Hosmer was traded to the Red Sox on YouTube. Uh, and... You know, I love Rafael Devers and I love John Schreiber. John Schreiber breakout. Love him. Uh, Chris uh, Sale getting hurt every three minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. Him that, mauling the television in AAA. That that explains it because I pulled up their, their page. I was like, wait, Nick Pavetta has the most innings? Uh, Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa's uh, year studying abroad in Minnesota. I'll remember because he's gone after the year. Uh, bald Rocco Baldelli looking furious and getting ejected after they get screwed. Uh, and then that one Yankee series where they came to the Bronx and just got oh. absolutely fucking pants. Oh, yeah. Rough, rough year. And I mean, also Correa leaving, like, probably. I mean, it's just that's that's a shame. But he did his job. Uh, the Chicago White Sox. I mean, <laughs> You already <laughs> already mentioned. Speaking of messes in the AL Central, um, to me, honestly, a lot of this is whatever. It's not a one man team, but not having Tim Anderson uh, sucked and made them way less watchable. I agree, but for me, it's the clip of Larusa falling asleep in the dugout. <laughs> um, the twenty twenty two Giants. Now, this is one of the more forgettable teams who I think is only memorable because of last year. Yeah, 
And I think it makes last year even more impressive. But I will remember this year's team for just abysmal <laughs> defensive showings and uh, checked out Jock Peterson. But checked out Jock Peterson, who was also the best hitter on the team. Correct. <laughs> so there's a very, very weird, uh, uh, you know, comparison there. Uh, and Carlos, dude, Carlos, yeah, dominant Carlos, is, you know, going to be hopefully you know top three, top four Cy Young. Uh, and Logan Webb was awesome too. But just all the way back to Earth, and I'm I'm very curious where they where they go from here. Uh, Jake Mintz, your Baltimore Orioles. I'm curious, Jordan, what you will remember because I will remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I will remember. I mean, the wall, uh, Baltimore debut, I think is yeah. a big part of it. Um, you talking Adley, about the rookies, the rookies, Adley Gunner and the wall, Adley Gunner and the wall. Um, Ad, just the whole Felix Bautista breakout, I think is really, I, I think has to be near the top. Um, and just, you know, Adley, the moment of Adley's debut where he goes out and looks around the park and like, also like not to get too overly cheesy here, but like truly Cameron Yards having people in it again is mm. really freaking cool. Uh, I'm sure as it is for you, um, when, but that is something that has been really amazing to see. And cool. just a great reminder that if you try and win, people show up. Yeah. It's not that but complicated. Uh, specific memory. I will remember the Kyle Stowers game where he hit a home run to tie against the White Sox down to his last strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they won in extra innings. But I mean, I could do. And that was like during the White Sox, like blow up. And yeah, I could do a whole podcast on. What I remember from the season with the Orioles. Yeah. And then we'll end with the Brewers. I will yes. remember nothing. Who are I will technically remember- still technically still mathematically alive as we record this. Although this is the team, Jordan, that I am most mad about and most like disgusted by this year. Just the complete like this team should be good. They have so much depth and like they have they just create arms from nothing and yet they just suck. Like they this is I I'm so mad just thinking about the Brewers. I'll remember them trading Josh Hader away, though. I think. Yeah, I was going to say the Hader trade being a disaster for both teams. <laughs> I know Hader's been a little bit better recently. Um, but, you know, I love Rowdy. I love Willie. I think, I mean, to, what you're, the disdain you're feeling, I feel is what I had for them last year, even when the pitching was better. This year, I feel like it's a little more balanced. Like the lineup isn't. It as is more bad. balanced. Um, it is more balanced, but, I, but the pitching general, is just worse. Yeah, exactly. And that makes it just way less interesting. So, hey, maybe they'll make us look stupid in the next three days, although not really. Um, but I personally would rather watch the Phillies in the postseason. Sorry to the Brew crew. Uh, thank Oof. you for ju- that. Was, that was fun. I'm glad we I'm glad we acknowledged all the other teams. Now we can talk about our 12 postseason uh, contenders. Um, but that is going to do it here on episode two of Baseball Barbacast. Uh, I am going to go to the airport and fly back home. Uh, Jake Mintz, um, we will. I will talk to you next on Thursday morning. We are not podcasting on Yom Kippur. No, okay? we are not. On Wednesday. We are no. the Sandy Koufax of podcasting. But generally, we are going to be trying to re- be recording uh, early in the morning. Not, not 5 a.m., uh, thankfully. I will be back on the East Coast. Um, but uh, we will be keeping it going. And we're going to work on our postseason schedule exactly. Uh, that, that depends. Uh, producer Chris, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for producing. Chris, are you excited for the, for the postseason? Did we, what, what are you going to remember about the 2022 Giants <laughs> as a Giants fan? <laughs> not Probably much. Very little. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm i'm blocking that out of my memory it was a good run last year it's just it's, it's been bizarre this year but um yeah. trust in farhan though trust in farhan 
It's gonna yeah, be okay. exactly, exactly. That's what we're gonna do. But it's uh, gonna be okay. yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to the postseason. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It is gonna be. A lot and I'm of fun. glad that I can uh, take this ride with you guys through the postseason as well. Yes, this is not a two episode mini. We made it. <laughs> we clinched. <laughs> we uh, clinched. We did. We, we did make it. Uh, remember, if you want to email us, baseballbarbcast, barbcast, b a r b cast at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Okay, let us know. Are we doing good? I need your affirmation. Yes, we would like to know what we could do better and what you're enjoying and what you're not. Uh, we did get back. an email from someone who had some feedback for Jordan. Maybe we'll get to that on a future episode. But thank you for listening. I'm Jake. That's Jordan. That's producer Chris. We'll talk to you all later in the week. Serious XM Podcasts. <laughs>